Welcome to the Election Ride Home for Monday, January 13th, 2020. I'm your host, Chris Higgins, with a summary of election news. Today, Booker drops out, the official lineup for tomorrow's debate, the DCCC releases its 2019 fundraising totals, the impeachment update, a new Iowa poll shows a boost for Sanders and a drop for Buttigieg, ABC plans to integrate New Hampshire primary voting into a sitcom, what could possibly go wrong, and how to watch the debate tomorrow night. Here's what you missed today from the campaign trail. First up today, this morning, Senator Cory Booker announced the end of his presidential campaign. As with all departing major candidates, let's take a look back at his run and what it meant for the field. Booker announced his campaign back on February 1st, 2019. February, by the way, is Black History Month, and Booker was one of four major black candidates in this field. With his departure, only one remains, that is former Governor Deval Patrick. Booker spent 346 days on the campaign trail, and he qualified for every DNC debate until December, and of course, the debate tomorrow. By my count, we now have 12 remaining major candidates and 16 who have dropped out. In an article by Nick Corasiniti for the New York Times, Booker explained several key reasons why he's dropping out now. Quote, I got in this race to win, and I've always said I wouldn't continue if there was no longer a path to victory, Mr. Booker said in a statement to supporters. Our campaign has reached the point where we need more money to scale up and continue building a campaign that can win money we don't have, and money that is harder to raise because I won't be on the next debate stage, and because the urgent business of impeachment will rightly be keeping me in Washington, end quote. And one more bit from that article, quote, though his departure from the race is unlikely to have much of an impact on other candidates polling, the Booker campaign was a leader in endorsements in Iowa and New Hampshire, and had a particularly notable staff of Iowa organizers setting up a likely scramble by the remaining candidates to secure both endorsements and staffers in the early nominating states, end quote. When a candidate drops out, I'd like to play a clip that represents a high point for them. Now, I was going to play you the message Booker posted to Twitter this morning, which had kind of a greatest hits reel of different speeches. But there is a much more consequential speech he gave that I covered back on August 8th of last year, and I think it demonstrates Booker at his very best. Booker's campaign was focused on justice. That includes racial, economic, and social justice. In this clip, he was speaking at the Emanuel AME Church in Charleston, South Carolina. The audio is scratchy, but the message is clear. Listen in. This is the crossroads, which is why we can't let these conversations devolve into the impotent simplicity of who is or isn't a racist. Because of the answer to the question, do racism and white supremacy exist, is yes, then the real question isn't who is or isn't a racist, but who is and isn't doing something about it. This is a question that has a deep moral resonance. It's not enough to say I'm not a racist. We must be anti-racism because there's no neutrality in this fight. You are either an agent of justice or you are contributing to the problem. Addressing this, and we must understand this, addressing this is not an act of charity 
or philanthropy. It is an issue of national security. It is an issue of patriotism. It is an issue of love. And we can't begin to express that love unless we have a real conversation that we need to be first changing our laws. Dr. King once said that, I quote, it may be true that the law cannot make a man love me, but it can keep him from lynching me. <laughs> it may be true that the law cannot change the heart, but it can restrain the heartless. We have the power to act, and we can act to legislate safety even if we cannot legislate love. We must act to prevent people who should not have guns from getting them. Booker is running for re-election to the Senate in New Jersey, and there is every reason to believe he will succeed. Next up today, a super quick one. Although Glenn predicted this on Friday, I just wanted to make sure it's clear who qualified for the DNC debate tomorrow. That's because technically the qualification period ended after Friday's show aired. Okay, so it's a field of six, and the candidate we are missing from December is Andrew Yang. Here is the qualified list in podium order from left to right. Steyer, Warren, Biden, Sanders, Buttigieg, and Klobuchar. Next up, the DCCC released its fundraising totals for 2019. That acronym stands for Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, and their job is to help Democrats in congressional races nationwide. And by help, I mean spend money. Okay, so in all of 2019, they raised $125 million, which, according to an article by Alex Rogers, writing for CNN, is a record for a non-election year. While I don't have final numbers for the NRCC, which is the Republican flavor of basically the same thing, as of December, they were lagging by around $30 million. So we'll have to see what that final number ends up being. Reading from CNN, quote, Representative Sherry Bustos of Illinois, the chair of the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, noted the Democrats surpassed their 2017 total by about $20 million, helping fund a cycle of engagement that will allow them to protect dozens of battleground districts and go after Republicans across the country. The DCCC and the Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee have also made an eight-figure investment in voter rights litigation in battleground states. We got to hang on to this majority because we know what's at stake in 2020, Bustos said. We've got the resources to get the job done. End quote. And if you're curious, the DCCC and NRCC have a history of dissing each other in their press releases, so I have included a couple of those links in the show notes. I'm not sure who actually reads or cares about those press releases, but clearly those two groups read each other's releases and they really, really mix it up. All right, the overall election point here is the DCCC is well-funded for the upcoming congressional election it is likely the Democrats will retain control of the House. Flipping the Senate is a long shot at this point. And of course, the presidential race, well, you know, stay tuned. (music) 
The Election Ride Home is brought to you by Plexiderm. Plexiderm is a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under-eye bags in minutes. This is not surgery. It's not Botox. It is a clear solution for your problem areas, and I know we all have a few of those. Plexiderm offers you smooth, younger-looking skin in minutes. It goes on clear, so nobody knows you're using it. Again, that is a big difference if you've ever looked at surgical stuff for wrinkles and the areas around your eyes. That's where people look, and that's why you're better off with all-natural Plexiderm. Go to TryPlexiderm.com and use my code VOICES for 50% off plus an additional $10 off. That's right, 50% off plus an additional $10 off. This offer is also available by calling 1-800-685-1292 and mentioning code VOICES. Plexiderm is backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit TryPlexiderm.com today and use code VOICES at checkout. That's TryPlexiderm.com, code VOICES. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. And now, the impeachment news in two minutes or less. First up, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, as you know, has been holding on to those articles of impeachment and has not yet sent them over to the Senate. This has been a standoff since Congress returned from its recess one week ago. On Friday afternoon, Pelosi sent a letter to colleagues indicating that Democrats should prepare to send those articles to the Senate this week and vote to appoint impeachment managers from the House. There was one big hint in that letter when she said she would meet with her Democratic caucus on Tuesday to discuss next steps. That likely means the actual vote to approve impeachment managers, which is part of transmitting those articles, will come on Tuesday afternoon at the earliest. So, okay, why does this specific timing matter? Well, the DNC debate is on Tuesday night. So, if there aren't impeachment managers until moments before that debate, there is no practical way for the Senate trial to begin and, therefore, disrupt that debate. Now, I'm just speculating here, but that could be one of the reasons Pelosi is choosing that timing. There are three sitting senators scheduled for this coming debate, which is half the stage, so perhaps protecting your DNC debate is a good strategic move. And as we heard from Booker earlier today, senators will have to return if there's a trial. Now keep in mind, Senator Michael Bennett is still running for president, so he would also be roped into any trial. But meanwhile, on Twitter, President Trump suggested that he supports dismissing the Articles of Impeachment without a trial. And that is still an option, depending on what Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell decides to do. At this point, we just don't know what will happen, but it is possible that all this maneuvering around a trial date will be for nothing. On Friday, the latest Des Moines Register poll of Iowa came out. This is a super big deal poll, and you do hear phrases like gold standard being thrown around about this poll. 
When I've spoken with professionals, that does seem warranted. This is a very solid poll with a huge sample size, and it gives us a look at what might happen in Iowa in just 21 days. All right, methodology first. We're looking here at likely Democratic caucus goers. The poll ran from January 2nd through 8th, and the margin of error is plus or minus 3.7% for the questions that we're going to talk about. The last time this particular poll ran was back in November, so we can compare those previous results to get an idea of what has changed. Okay, the top-line numbers have our same familiar four candidates all bunched up together, mostly within the margin of error of one another. That is, Sanders at 20%, then Warren at 17 Buttigieg at 16 and Biden at 15 Now, given the margin of error, you could argue that Biden is slightly outside of it compared to Sanders, but it's still real close, so I don't think it's actually worth arguing about that point specifically. So, what does it all mean? Well, it's a great poll for Sanders. He went up five points since last time. A good poll for Warren, she's up one point. A less good poll for Buttigieg, he dropped nine points since November, but he's still up there in the top four. And Biden stayed completely steady, neither gaining nor losing any support since November. Frankly, look, all these folks are doing just fine in Iowa. These are all numbers that could result in a strong showing. It is entirely possible that all four of these candidates could come out of Iowa with a reasonable result. Another notable item here has to do with people who have not made up their minds yet. According to the poll, only 40% of likely Democratic voters have actually settled on a candidate for sure. This kind of last-minute decision-making is typical of Iowa Democrats, but it's still kind of alarming if you're trying to predict what will actually happen. The best way to think about this poll and the December CBS slash YouGov poll of Iowa is that basically this is a four-way race in that state, at least statistically speaking. This still holds true if you add in second choices, where you have the same four people all bunched up at the top, separated by pretty small margins. To me, that actually makes tomorrow's debate even more interesting. For me, the question is, will these top-tier candidates go aggressive, hoping to knock somebody down, or just play it safe and hope that preserves their position? Well, tune in and find out. And now, from the What Could Possibly Go Wrong department, the ABC sitcom The Connors will air a special live episode on Tuesday, February 11th. Now, okay, why is this election news? Well, that is the night of the New Hampshire primary, and showrunners plan to incorporate that primary into the show live. Reading from an article by Jennifer Drysdale for Entertainment Tonight, quote, The episode will kick off at 8 p.m. Eastern Time slash Pacific Time with ABC News coverage of the primary incorporated into the story in real time as the results roll in throughout the evening. According to ABC, the live episode will find Mark, Ames McNamara, watching the results of the primary for a school report, with Harris, Emma Kenny, who is apathetic to the electoral process and believes money's influence in politics means real change is impossible. The rest of the Connors share their differing takes on why they all think everyone should vote, including their working-class perspective that you may have to vote for a candidate you don't love, but one that will screw you the least. End quote, and wow. 
This is taking things even further than The West Wing did back in 2005 when they aired their live debate episode, because at least The West Wing did not attempt to shoehorn live news coverage into their show. Anyway, moving on. Last up today, let's review how to watch tomorrow night's debate so you can set your DVRs or whatever it is the kids do these days. First up, timing. The debate is Tuesday, January 14th and begins at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Now, the debate is actually taking place in Iowa, which is in the central time zone, but trust me, the debate really does begin at 9 p.m. Eastern live. And for those of y'all abroad, that is 0200 hours UTC on January 15th. All right, so how do we watch this thing? It is one of many CNN debates so far, and that means you're going to need either a cable package with CNN or CNN International or CNN in Espanol or a CNN app or a web browser. Reading here from a roundup by Kate Sullivan for CNN. Quote, The debate will stream live in its entirety without requiring login to a cable provider, exclusively on CNN.com's homepage, across mobile devices via CNN's apps for iOS and Android, via CNN Go apps for Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire, Chromecast, and Android TV, and at DesMoinesRegister.com, end quote. And one more option that may appeal to some folks is Sirius XM Radio, which itself hosts a variety of CNN channels. One of them is just a simulcast of the main CNN TV station, another is the same for the Spanish-language CNN station, and the third one is the CNN International station. Although the CNN story I just read from did not list these channels as official options, I am very confident they will carry this debate because they've done that for every previous CNN debate. So check your schedule if this is how you like to listen. Those channels are SiriusXM 116, 454, and 795. All right, set your devices accordingly, and I recommend tuning in maybe a half hour early just to make sure the stream or the TV or the web browser or the, I guess, satellite radio is working. Well, that is it for one more episode of The Election Ride Home. I have been your host, Chris Higgins. You can always find me on Twitter, at Chris Higgins. Okay, welcome to Debate Week. Just to keep you up to date on the schedule, Glenn is back with you tomorrow and Wednesday. Then I close out the week on Thursday and Friday. Now, while we're at it, I've had a lot of folks ask how they can keep up with me after I leave the show. I very much appreciate that. The best way is either to follow me on Twitter or go to my website, chrishiggins.com, and fill out that form to sign up for email. I promise not to spam you much. And by the way, on a personal note, Portland may receive a dusting of snow late this week, which could cause havoc on the roadways and panic in the flower pots. If it does, you better believe you're going to hear about my adventures in the Yarden. As always, thanks for listening, and Glenn will talk to y'all tomorrow.